0: You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Scores! 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 Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, now. here's your host, Ted Ramey. Steps back on the ice with Burns and Ferraro on defense. That's the group that started the game for coach Bob Buechner. And Burns with a pass goes to Balsers in the middle. He's got nowhere to go. Lifts it on the right, chasing it down. Greger moving in, shooting it. Score! Noah Greger got it through the legs of goaltender Jordan Biddington. And what a pass, lofting it over the defense for the speedy Gregor to use the legs to get into the zone. And for Noah Gregor of the San Jose Sharks, that's goal number six on the season at 3.05 of this first period. one nothing, Sharks.
1: So after two periods, we, we only give them 13 even-strength shots, which is a pretty good number, but we just took too many penalties. Um, you know, for a team, we talked about how uh, how strong they are with power play. I thought a penalty kill did a pretty good job, um, but uh, you know, you're wearing certain guys down. I think that uh, that didn't help us. Um, you know, five of five. I mean, we gave up obviously some chances in the first two periods, but it wasn't. Uh, um, you know, I, I thought the reason that the play was taken to us is because we, we couldn't get any flow of our bench going. We couldn't uh, couldn't roll lines. Uh, we couldn't get on a four-check play in the end. Every time we did get going, we took a penalty. So that sort of uh,
2: stunted the first half of the game for
1: us.
0: Do you get
2: You know, I didn't think I'd be finding a way to work an Olivia Rodrigo song into Morning Tide, yet here we are because, guys, as I have said so many times before, it's like I've seen this game before and it was just just another frustrating night for the Sharks. When they played very well against a good team. Good morning everybody. How are we all doing? You cannot accuse the Sharks of being a bad team, I think when all is said and done. I think the Sharks are not a good team. I think the Sharks are ultimately good enough to lose in far too many games this year, but they are not some abysmal, you know, just awful team. I think for the most part They are decent. They are competitive in every game they play in. And I I would love to go back and take away some of the big losses they've had this year and then compare those goal differentials then over the course of the year with some of the other teams and just, you know, try and get a a better picture. But, you know, obviously that's not going to tell us anything. There's a truism in sports and that is that the standings do not lie. Now, they might not be telling you the entirety of the picture. They don't give you detail. They don't give you everything that you want to know or have seen or have you know, watched in a team all year long, but they do not lie, and that's why the Sharks on April 22nd find themselves nowhere near the playoffs. And ultimately, they are playing a, a style of game that has them just good enough to lose. And we go over the last 12 games, I think we're now in nine of those games, have been decided by either one goal, uh, overtime or a shootout, or then been a one-goal game that was added on by an empty netter. So that's, to me, not indicative of an awful team. It just hurts that the Sharks are 30, 35, and 12, and they have a minus 47 goal differential. They are 17, 17, and 5 at home and they're only a little bit worse on the road, 13-8 and 7, and they are 1-5 and 4 in their last 10, and they've lost 11 out of their last 12 games. So ultimately, uh, it's not been you know it's not been a good stretch, obviously for the Sharks. And uh, I, th- I thought they had moved beyond this, although it is definitely in a much different way than they had been playing last year. And I here's the deal: the one thing I've been looking at all year long, and I've been asking myself to judge the Sharks appropriately, is that You know, are they getting better month to month? November was better than October. December was better than November. January was better than December. It was the Olympic break, and then when they got back into play and Eric Carlson was hurt, that was when they started to take you know, steps backwards and the injuries were piling up. They saw Mario Ferraro go down as well. That was when it was like, ooh, this product is trying or starting to backtrack. But the thing is, is like you watch – the evolution of players out there. And I think Noah Gregor is a, is a great example when he got that uh, opening goal against Washington at the start of that road trip, um, the five game road trip before the break, you know, he had had a a rough go of it at that point and still was working on rough things. But at that point, a goal for him was just like, Oh man, look at that. Thank God. Noah Gregor finds the back of the net because he had been, you know, very, very inconsistent prior to that. And then lately the difference between February and, you know, towards the end of April is that Noah Gregor, has been scoring and he's playing with great confidence. And the team is still playing well. Now, the team might not be winning, but the team is playing with confidence. The team is in every game that they play. And a player like Noah Gregor is getting better and better. A player like Rudolph's Balsers has been getting better and better lately. And those are the encouraging things that you want to see. All of a sudden, that line with Bordolo at center, and then you've got Gregor and Balcers on the wings. That is something that is pretty darn entertaining. And you are watching you know those guys create. You're watching the opportunities step up. You're watching everything just kind of trend in the right direction. And while the overall picture of the San Jose Sharks is not a, a rosy one, we are definitely looking at that line and thinking like, hey, there's something going on here. And I, I don't know if it's a line for the future and what things are going to look like next year. But I think you can look at that and say to yourself, like, okay. I see what they're working on. I see what they're building towards. And I think this is a pretty good um, thing that we see going on right now. And Bordelo in particular, I think that, you know, he had a couple of moments last night in the game. There was one along the boards where he just did a 360 spin to avoid pressure and just slowed things down for a moment and set up a nice pass as the Sharks entered the zone. It was like, God, you see that instinct? You watch a guy do that when he's just a handful of games into the NHL. That is very encouraging, and I know there's many of you out there who are like, Ted, I don't want encouraging, I want wins, and I get it, totally, but at this point, the wins aren't coming, nor are they easy, so I will take the encouraging factors that I see out there on the ice, and that was most definitely one of them. And again, it was something I was very, very excited to see. It was something that made me happy to watch the Sharks compete again, but I go back um, to the deja vu aspect, and it's like, God, we've seen this game. The Sharks, only good for one goal. Keep it tight all game long. Eventually, as well as the Sharks play, the other team that has more talent is going to find a way to pull ahead. And I, you know, ultimately don't have much of a comeback for that other than, yeah, the Sharks are not good enough. You look at a team like the Blues, very, very good team. You know, they still have the core and a lot of those guys that helped them win a Stanley Cup a couple years ago. They play, uh, you know, a hard, heavy game, maybe not the same as what they did a couple years ago when they won the Cup, but still, this is a team that is deep. They can come at you from every angle. They have a lot of talent out there on the ice. And the Sharks went toe-to-toe with them. I-, I think there is something to be said about that. Unfortunately, it's just the fact that you don't walk away when a win is all said and done so you don't feel as good about it. Because the Sharks have put forth an effort just like what we saw last night and a lot of the last 12 games that we've seen pay off with wins earlier and at a different points of the year. The Sharks can play You know, a tight game, they can play clean, they can give themselves a win. I mean, look, even the other night against Columbus, what did they do? They scored first, they went up 3-0, and what did they eventually win by? One goal. And one goal, one direction or the other, seems to be the difference for the San Jose Sharks. But that's why I believe they are, you know, pretty darn close to being a team that can put pieces in place and be better next year. I know they wanted to improve certain things going into this year. You know, the former GM Doug Wilson was very very adamant about wanting to add a third line center and wanting to add, you know, a, a goalie. And he did those things in the offseason. Obviously, we saw steps in the right direction from the Sharks. It was obviously not enough. Now, there there were of course other circumstances going on, and the Sharks had been dealing with some some cap issues and trying to get themselves, you know, situated for what the future would be and obviously stockpiling picks and putting themselves in a in a place to go forward in a good direction. And the thing is, is when I look at the Sharks, you know, I see a team that is, again, not that far off. You can add pieces. You have pieces to build with. Obviously, you have your core players, Couture, Meyer, Hurdle, Carlson, Burns. Yes, I know that, you know, a guy like Burns and Logan Couture and Eric Carlson, none of them are getting any younger, but they still have quality hockey in front of them while you continue to watch guys in their prime or entering their prime like Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle. And then you have young players like Bortolo and you have Eklund on the come and you are looking at the way that Noah Gregor is getting better and better with each passing game it seems like lately and you know, playing with great confidence. Same thing with Rudolph's Balsers and that happens in a year like this. You're trying to figure out what you can do. And again, you don't judge a team by the first month of the season or the last month of the season, nor should you judge a player. But again, if I look at the confidence that some of these young guys are playing with, I'm I'm happy with that, and I think it gives you an idea of what the future could potentially hold, especially if you put more talent around them. Because look what's immediately happened to Gregor and Ballsters with more talent around them in Bortolo. Suddenly, their game is that much more effective. Suddenly, there is a combination of three players out there on the ice on offense with the San Jose Sharks that can get you something. I think that is is very, very exciting to me. And you have a nice balance of the north-south players in Balsers and Gregor, with a guy who's very east-west and in, in Bordalo. And I just, I, I think you immediately see something like that and you kind of, you, you smile, at least I do. It's like, hey, there's something there. There's something to work on. And it's actually, it's one of the reasons, there's a, an article that I saw on um, Pro Hockey Talk about the Sharks, you know, doing everything wrong, essentially, and needing to blow it up and not you know, wanting to, you know, go on the path that the Sharks are going down right now. And I can't remember the name of the dude who wrote it, but essentially it talks about everything the Sharks have done and why they need to rebuild, and why they need to blow it up, and talks about wanting to get rid of players. And, you know, I couldn't, at a fundamental level, disagree with it more because I feel like the Sharks, when you look at the record, you can kind of get a sense of, well, this team isn't very good. And I'm not trying to make the argument that they are good, but I think that... From a distance, the San Jose Sharks look a lot worse than they are. When you have some relative proximity, the closer you are, actually, the better the San Jose Sharks start to look. And I think there's, you know, obviously some of you are not going to agree with that, but I don't think the Sharks are that far off. I think that you have young players that are very, very young and very inexperienced but do show signs of life, and you also have an established veteran core that can play at a very high level while you have some aging guys out there as well. I I look at this team and I think that if you add talent on the offensive end going into next year and don't rely on so many young players who do not have the talent and do not have the experience to be contributors, I think the Sharks immediately jump right into that playoff, fray. And I think that as we've seen very clearly with the Bortolo, Greger, and Balsers line, I think that if you can put better talent out there, talent makes talent. You know, opportunity begets opportunity for the San Jose Sharks. When you have better levels of talent out there, the guys who are quote-unquote not as talented, and I'm not trying to take anything away from anyone because these guys play at the NHL level, but you have the ability to make guys better. Immediately, you see Gregor and Balsers as better players. And I think that that's something you can try and look to and figure out for next year and how you're going to situate things and who you're going to bring in. And again, I am just looking at offensive depth. I look at immediately what Bortolo's been able to contribute, and I think to myself, what would this team have been able to do without the couple of points he's picked up in the handful of games he's played in the NHL, where he's had a hand on in goals, or he's been out there you know, on the ice where goals have been scored. Not to say that those wouldn't happen without him, but it's just like you see even when you add talent to the San Jose Sharks, relatively inexperienced that a they can contribute in creating offense, but B ultimately it hasn't created that much of a difference this year because the Sharks offense is so, you know, just relatively a a nothing right now. You need to have more guys capable of putting the puck in the back of the net. I do think that if they add that in the off season, then they raise the talent of everywhere. A rising tide lifts all ships, if you will. And then the Sharks have more opportunity to find themselves in better places in games next year. Now, on the flip side, the Sharks could find themselves in a lot of similar situations next year where it's 1 1, 2 2, 2 1 games they're leading or they're trailing. The idea is that next year, the addition of talent and the development of young guys will allow them, instead of losing 11 out of 12, that maybe they will win 7 out of 12, that they will put themselves in that situation where they're playing above 500 hockey because you can't turn it around instantly. I'm not trying to say that. You can't immediately turn 11 out of 12, 11 out of 12, or you lose into 11 out of 12 where you win. That is, that's crazy talk. You you, you know, I I mean, I guess it's possible, but it's not likely to happen. But what you want to do is give yourself a chance to score and maybe get to three goals in these games where the Sharks have only been scoring one, because if you can make it a 2-2 game late, then you have the opportunity of picking up a point and sending it to overtime. And you need the ability in regulation to consistently score more than one or two goals. And again, I'm not breaking any news right here, but this is the consistent thing that we see with the Sharks. And that's why when you are far away, you see to yourself okay, let's look at the Sharks. Uh, they are, you know, hockey, only five games under 500, but ultimately, you know, you add five losses with 12 overtime and shootout losses. You know, that is 17 games under 500. But ultimately, in my opinion, you do look at the way they have been in games. You do look at how tight they've played a lot of those games. And that's why if you're close, like we are, I think to yourself, okay, I can add to this and turn them into a better team pretty quickly. The other thing that the article pointed out was saying that Eric Carlson was an old 31. And I said, I don't know that I really agree with that. And they talked about how Logan Couture and Brent Burns were getting older. And you know what? I, I think these guys... Have a lot of years of contributing hockey left. I think that Brent Burns is a physical freak combined with his size. He can go for a long time. And Logan Couture, I think in any game, he's one of the smartest guys out there on the ice. And he knows how to position himself. He knows how to set himself up. He knows where to be. He reads the game so well. You know, he wouldn't be able to have such a well rounded game if his, um, you know, if the age was catching up with him the way the article implied. And the thing is. In the implication that Eric Carlson is an old 31, then why was it so dramatic, the drop-off when he got hurt? To me, that says that even at 31 and having a bounce-back year for him after having a rough year the year prior in the shortened 2021 season, he was ready to go. He was having a really impactful season, and when he left the ice, you saw the team kind of drop off. There was a decent argument to be made about how, you know, he maybe is not the Sharks MVP this year because I think Timo Meyer was going to get that award on the offensive side of things and James Reimer on the defensive side of things. But you could have said to yourself, look what an impact it had the minute he left the ice. That doesn't strike me as an old for 31 style of player. And obviously these are opinions and people are going to have their thoughts about the Sharks and they, you know, if they're not seeing it every day, they're going to have a different view of it to me. But again, I look at the Sharks And I see them as a team that is not that far off. Now, I know that is not concrete. It's not a team that's quote-unquote in their window. But turning the Sharks into a team that is competitive once again with the established pieces that they have here with players coming in like an Eklund and the evolution of Bortolo combined with offseason acquisitions can put the Sharks in a position where they can win some games. I also look at a guy like Mario Ferraro who is still getting better in his career and still is a you know premier defenseman right now, maybe not on a very good team. I watch his impact out there on the ice, and you know he's been getting back into form. I thought the last couple of games he's finally started to look like himself again. And I think that is a very good sign going forward. And I think that also the depth that the sharks have at the blue line will allow them maybe to get guys a little bit more rest next year. And you also look at the way that Orion Merkley is coming on. And, you know, he made some mistakes last night, by the way, but that's that's okay. You know if he's going to make mistakes, if he's going to learn, I would rather have Ryan Merkley learning right now over the course of a season that does not have much to offer between now and when it all comes to an end. I think that ultimately you want to get Ryan Merkley, get these growing pains out of the way in a year where you're not going to the playoffs, in a year where you are not vying for playoffs seeding, in a year where ultimately if the losses add up, I'm not be trying to be flipping and saying it doesn't matter but this year was never going to lead to the Sharks competing for a Stanley Cup short of not just one, but several miracles. So yeah, by all means right now, allow these things to happen. Allow these guys to develop. Allow them to learn. Allow them to have that opportunity to grow at the NHL level and be fully evaluated as to what this team wants to do with these guys going forward. Because again, the discoveries the Sharks have made this year, in a year that was not going to vie for a Stanley Cup, that helps you position yourself going forward. And I find inherent value in that, even if we all know that wins and competing are where you want to be. Well, this is where it happens. And I think that too much of what people have criticized the Sharks for this year doesn't take a look at the whole picture and recognize the level of talent disparity and the fact that they are relying on so many guys and, guys and the amount of rookies they've had out there. It's like, what do you think a teardown or a rebuild entails? It's usually putting a lot of young, inexperienced guys out there on the ice and letting them develop their game. That's what the Sharks have done this year. It just happens to have happened at the exact same time that they have been able to hold on to key pieces. Like They haven't had to get rid of Couture and Burns and Carlson and Meyer and Hurdle because they think there's a lot of value in those guys. In fact, they have re-signed a guy like Tomas Hurdle and they've made the implications they're going to try and extend Timo Meyer. And again, that's... That's not a bad thing. The Sharks are at a situation where they do not have as much talent as they used to have. They have some very good pieces out there with a lot of youth. And when you combine those two things, it keeps you in games where you're competitive, but ultimately you're not good enough to win. And that's not a terrible thing for a quote-unquote rebuilding team to be in a typical fashion. I suppose you could have gone down the route where you do get rid of more and more of those high-end players However, the Sharks are getting young players out there and getting their experience and adding draft picks while at the same time holding on to some key players. I don't, again, I don't have a problem with that. It may not be the traditional way of going about it, but for the San Jose Sharks, I think that ultimately when I look at the team, they are not that far off. I expect young players to get better. I don't expect it to be like this again next year. I expect players like Balsers and Gregor to be able to contribute more and consistently and earlier in the season. I expect a player like Thomas Bordelot to continue to take strides. I expect a player like William Eklund to have an impact. And I also expect the off season to yield guys who will be able to come out and help the Sharks get wins. All right, we are going to take a break. We are going to get into some of that post game reaction on the other side. You're on Morning Tide.
1: That to-do list you have needs one more thing, chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog, because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly.
0: Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light see what Nathan Walker can do here. Bodied up by Melosh as he games the zone. Walker perseveres, throws behind the net, centering feed. They score. From behind the goal, Logan Brown put it to the slot. And Dakota Joshua snuck one right for Reimer. Suddenly, this game is tied 1-1. Yeah,
1: that's a good team. They do it to a lot of teams every night. Um, they've won 10 out of their last 11. They've beaten some uh, a lot better teams than us. Um, you know, I said it this morning. They're uh, um, one of the deepest teams offensively. Um, You know, their third line has got more goals than our first line, I think. So, um, you know, it was a a challenge for us tonight to try and, uh, you know, to try and match them. And, uh, you know, there was times I thought we did a decent job, but you're not going to win a game scoring one goal. um, And you're not going to win against these guys uh, uh, if the power plays are 5-1 at the end of the night. And you certainly aren't going to win against these guys unless your best players are your best players. And all three of those things didn't happen.
2: No, those things did not happen last night as we bring you back here on a Friday morning on Morning Tide. But the Sharks did manage to make it a competitive game, and I thought a big part of that was the play of Noah Greger, who again has been getting better and better. The puck really seemed to be following him around last night. He was everywhere on the ice, using his speed, trying to make an impact on the game, creating opportunities. This is what Bob Bugner had to say about the evolution of Noah Greger that we've seen as of late. Yeah, I think,
1: you know, we said it's going to take time for these guys. I mean, he uh, didn't play a heck of a lot his first year. He had a few call-up games Um, last year. You know, we know the story there. He started with us and ended up going back down. Um, You know, even this year, he played some games at the beginning of the season, so, you know, this is basically his first, I would call it, almost full year in the NHL. Um, And it's a process. I mean, uh, unless you're a high-end lottery pick, I've said this before, that can come into the league as an 18-year-old. 99% 99% of the guys have to go down to the minors they got to play a few years they got to learn how to be a pro they got to learn the pro life how to take care of their bodies how to eat all those things that go into it Noah's now into his third year pro and you can see the switch starting to get to go on um and uh it's uh it's uh, it's definitely a process and uh he's no different than a lot of the guys and
2: then Gregor also was asked about his game getting better over the course of the year things finally clicking yeah
3: definitely uh I mean the first year or even the first two years i'm you know up and down uh you know not playing too many minutes Lineup is is changing most nights so it's it's tough in that sense and then just getting used to the league uh, i mean it's it's the best league in in the world for a reason and it, it takes time for some guys and i think uh, you know right now i'm happy with my game and uh, i think it's coming along nicely
2: and my hope is that he finds more consistently over the course of the next five games before all is said and done that if you can watch him have success and find that consistency that eluded him earlier in the year, even if it is quote-unquote too late to make an impact on whether or not the Sharks are going to be in the standings, that's something that I want to see very, very much. I want to see exactly what exactly he can bring as he continues to turn into more and more of an established player in the NHL. Another aspect that we saw out of last night's game was the fact that Mario Ferraro is looking more and more like himself. Bob Bugner weighed in on that. I did like his last
1: couple games. I could see that jump uh, back in his, uh, you know, when he's jumping to check and trying to end plays. I I see that's coming back. So I I do like his game uh, more so than the last two games. Um, Yeah, and I think, again, that was just from, like, getting back and playing minutes and and getting to situations as, you know, um, his ankle had some some good surgery done to it, some major surgery. So to get that timing back and get your your feet working with your brain, I think he's uh, he's back to, you know, um, game speed now.
2: And Ferraro also talked about his game getting back on track and the recover from surgery on that broken ankle.
1: Yeah, I feel, um,
3: you know, I feel back to normal now. Uh, I didn't think it was uh, too difficult. Um, I mean, the first first game, I think, was a little bit tough, uh, just a little sore, and then um, just being out for five weeks, uh, just kind of getting mentally back in it. Um, I feel back to normal, though, now I feel really good. Um, yeah, so... Uh, just got to keep it going.
2: We've also watched Thomas Bordalo continue to look more and more comfortable in very short order at the NHL level. Uh, Bob Bugner talked about what he saw out of Bortolo last night.
1: I think he did okay. I think that, uh, you know, we weren't hiding him or trying to match up certain lines against him, especially after, you know, we didn't have a lot going on our on our big line. So, uh, um, you know, that was our best offensive line. They they created the chances tonight. And, uh, um, again, I thought that Noah and uh, and Rudy looked good with Tommy to Thomas Bordalo. Um, you know, so I thought he did well. I thought it was a big, heavy game. And, and uh, you know, he he got in there and made plays. And I think it wasn't perfect by any means. But, uh, um, you know, it was a good test for him tonight.
2: And Ferraro talked about what he's been seeing out of Bordelo I see that he's a confident player. <clears throat> um,
3: you know, he makes a lot of plays out there. Uh, he's got a good, good vision. He sees the ice well. You know, he finds guys really well. Um, you know, he's done a great job. Uh, you know, it's not easy, especially his first game there and being in Minnesota, um, it's a tough building to play in and um, obviously a very, very good team we played tonight. Um, I think he's showing really well, especially on that line. Those guys are playing fast and they, they're, you know, supplying us with a, a good amount of ball offense and, and getting some, some good forecheck game going. So um, he's done real well. Um, it's, it's nice to see and, uh, you know, I'm happy for him.
2: Ian Ferraro also talked about the young guys gaining confidence.
3: You know, a lot of the, the guys that have been called up with the Sharks have, have done a great job and, and have, you know, proven that they can play and um, have shown a lot of, of confidence. Um, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, it's, you know, it's NHL level, it's, it's the hardest league in the world to play in. And, um, you know, it's just it's a good sign when you see guys come up, and, and it just goes to show you the, the good, um, you know, scouting and and pickups that you know we've we've had guys come in and and do a good job. So um, it's it's nice to see.
2: It's nice to see not just because you know these guys can play at the NHL level, but you can start planning for the future of the franchise. And that right now is where the Sharks are. It's not about the present. It is about the future. It's about what is going to happen next and what is going to be a very, very fascinating offseason. We don't know when the Sharks are going to hire a new GM, but we do know that they are in no hurry which puts some emphasis on what Joe Will's role is going to do. And I have all the confidence in Joe Will in the world right now. And I think it's important to recognize what he can do and his familiarity right now and trying to guide the Sharks through this position until they get that next GM in place. I think he's on board with the vision. I think that he understands exactly what the Sharks need to do. And I think that, again, I have confidence in what Joe Will will be able to do to put the Sharks in a position to be a better team next year. Ultimately, it seems relatively simple to me. The Sharks need to add offensive depth. Beyond that, they need to continue to develop young players while maximizing what they can get from their core and pillar pieces Couture, Meyer, Hurdle, Burns, Carlson. The recognition here is that things never quite go to plan. There can be an injury, there can be a trade, there can be any number of things that happen to a team over the course of a year. but. Again, I do feel like the obvious answer is out there. You add to the depth, you give this team more talent, and then they find themselves back in that playoff picture once again. Now, we heard Reedy the other day talk about the Sharks trying to win a best-of-seven series to finish out the year. 1-1 and through the first two games, five games left in the season. Of course, the Sharks are back at it both Saturday and Sunday this weekend, so we get nice back-to-back games home versus chicago and then on the road taking on vegas we do not have nearly enough regular season wins against vegas and we do not have the opportunity to beat them again in the playoffs this year so we will just have to settle for a regular season win or at least the attempt and also i like to impact their ability to make the playoffs as well i think that is the uh that's the least we can do so we have this weekend and we only have one more home game left Then we are at Edmonton and at Seattle to finish up the year. Man, it was just October. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. I will see you all Saturday afternoon on the buildup for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off.
0: You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide. Brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. minute left in the period, point blank chance for St. Louis right in front of Annette, and Brandon Saad is robbed by James Weimer. 47.7 seconds to go. I think we better remember that one.